and welcome to it's mid-november oh my gosh it's getting cold in the morning <laughs> you know we're we are still uh, recording this in advance that is still a true statement though it is getting cold in the morning yes um next week's going to be our thanksgiving episode and it will be released on thanksgiving because we're releasing on thursdays oh well look at that that's isn't that just precious i choose i chose thursday so our uh, halloween episode would be out on halloween i like it yeah thursday fun what day is uh, christmas on uh, it's not on a thursday it's no it's a wednesday so we'll have a boxing day episode mm. um awesome we'll do something special for thanksgiving uh this is going to be our next recording session mm. I think we should just, um, we'll just bring, like, ten different kinds of pies, and we'll just eat them, and tell everybody our experience of eating pie. You know, there is that pie company, uh, out of town that has wonderful hand pies, Mm. so maybe we could do something like that, at least for part of the episode. Yep, we'll just like sit and enjoy some pie and, and <laughs> love life. Um, so this episode we're going to do uh, kind of a DM question thing and I will let you kind of uh, take the lead on that. Ask me the question since you are the first time DM and I am in my 15th year of DMing. Yeah, and it's crazy when I put it that way because it doesn't like, feel like it. Is there like um, ranks? So funny story. My when I told my older sister that I was starting to pay, play D and D, she gave me a lot of shit because she thinks it's funny um, to like make fun of nerdy stuff. So she was asking me if there's, like, rankings of, like, DM levels, (laughs) and I, like, kind of strung her along a little bit. I forget what I said, but is there anything to that? Is there, like, a, oh, you're a, you're a general now or something? (laughs) (laughs) Um, joking? Probably. Yeah. Um, I think... There, there are pros and cons to DM experience. Um, one of the biggest cons... You know, so the biggest pro is you have an answer to almost every scenario. Um, you, know, you, you don't have to think on the fly as much. You don't have to improvise because it's just like, oh, this is like that one time in that other game this is what I did in that other game. I'm going to just port that in. Um, and that that can be for any situation. Um, most long-time DMs, they'll have a notebook full of just dungeons. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to run this dungeon today. So there we go. Just a lot of the prep work you've done over the years you can just port into whatever game you're playing. Um, Like, for you, you could take the Death House um, and just drop it into a campaign. 
maybe you've got a campaign of like 10th level players and you're just like you know what let's see what happens when we put level 10 characters in the death house and then you do it or you uh put some harder things in the death house mm-hmm. um maybe Lorgoth the um decayer decayer yes I, I remembered it was does something or other um Maybe he has two or three shambling mounds that have butted off over the years. Excuse me. Um, But on the other hand, the the biggest con is um, having an answer for everything can get you to be very rigid. And that's not that's not a good thing. Yeah. I Um, could see that. Because I guess one of the one of the exciting and um, uncomfortable things about being a newer DM is this is all it's you you're learning how to do this, mm-hmm. and so you don't quite know the answers to some a lot of things. Yeah, and you have to be able to kind of make judgment calls and do what you think would work best in the moment um which i really like so yeah yeah. um so i know in the first take of us talking about um your experience yep my experience we talked about um your i think your initial experience your initial time um playing D D. Yeah, that that that's in our uh, introduction episode. Um, okay. So, um, another question about your experience would be like, um, like how do you conceive of, or how do you, how do you kind of formulate, um how you're going to portray like an NPC or a monster? It's a great question. Um, it depends on the role that the the character ends up have, having. Um, usually, I kind of default, default to he's a dick. Um or she or what whatever it ends up being um but non-binary maybe you know i think over the years i've had a few of those or at least some character some npcs where it's just like they could have been um because a lot of times my npcs what gender they are aren't isn't important um but usually the players are going to be semi-antagonistic to an NPC or be like, tell us everything you know, you complete stranger. And so default, defaulting to um, you're essentially really insulting this character and he's not going to stand for that. It, that 
that's not a bad fallback position. Yeah. Um, I think you've you've even experienced that a little bit with just like, yes, you, I know you are a random stranger. You have information. I'm going to extract that information in a video game sort of way rather than a real life sort of way. Um, but it, it really depends on, on how important to the plot this character is and how much time I've spent prepping that character. Um, you know, like Strahd, for example, uh, even though he's got a lot written up in Curse of Strahd, I still spend a lot of time trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to portray Strahd? Um random NPC in Village of Barovia where I don't even have their name they're not really going to want to deal with the characters um, it's going to be really shallow it's probably going to be semi-standoffish for the reasons that I mentioned mm-hmm. um, but yeah just it's kind of good to be like, okay, what's the general disposition this area has to strangers? If I have to make a character on the fly, uh, my starting point on their disposition is going to be what's the general overall disposition. And then, depending on a whole lot of factors, I will either stay to that disposition, or for this character, I will go... You know, far, nearer or farther away in either direction. Okay. So it sounds like you look at the context. Yes. Where are the characters? What are they doing? What, you know, what could they reasonably expect from the people they're interacting with? Yep. And then if you need to make adjustments based on personality or. Or how the characters are approaching that person. Mm hmm. Um, you know, if you point to a random person on the street and go, you there, peasant, tell me what Strahd has in his basement. Um, the peasant's most likely going to say, fuck off. Or not even say anything. He might just take a swig of wine and keep moving. Yeah. But, I mean, if uh, if someone pointed to you as you're walking down the street and went, You there, peasant! What does Kate Brown have in her basement? How are you going to respond to sex that? Gen- a sex dungeon. <laughs> I mean, Kate Brown's awesome enough. She might. Okay, so... What else can we cover? Um, how about just, like, your... I guess what's your style in terms of I know there's there's a huge range of mm-hmm. approaches in terms of incorporating um, you know the the hard and fast rules from some of the books versus being more flexible versus being a combination of of flexible and and just using the rules of the book um, how do you navigate that in your games? I think it depends a lot on the system that I'm running. Uh, with 5th edition, I try to be very flexible and open. 
uh, which is also what 5th edition is kind of built around. Uh, 3.5, which I do not run anymore, and I will not run again. Um, there's there's so many rules for everything in that that it's just like, okay, I'm going to run what's in the core three books. Um, that's it. I'm not going to stray out of those because your vampire half-dragon knoll that is a, um, like, arquebuster that you, you know, so you get the knoll rules from this book, you get the half-dragon rules from this book, you get the vampire template from this other book, you get the arquebuster class from a fourth book, and then, of course, you're using racial feats from four other books. Um, I'm not for that, because that's how you have a character that breaks the game. Um, yeah, that sounds like um, way more complicated than it should be. Yeah, and also there, there were some books released for 3.5 that I don't even want to touch. Including the infamous one that's about blue magic. And um, we're not going to get into blue magic because it's not okay. Hmm. So, um, I don't know if you would, like, rank previous versions and current versions of, like, D&D. Okay. Um, but if you were going to... How would you rank them in terms of, like, a, you, like uh, matching with what you like? Okay, so I am not going to consider three editions of D&D for this. Um, what's sometimes referred to as D&D Zero, the three brown books, the original thing that came out, never played those, never read them. Um... Same thing with basic Dungeons and Dragons and the first edition of AD&D, uh, which is Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and that that's what counts as the, the different editions is editions of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. They, they don't do basic anymore. The three brown books are, are really old. First edition, haven't played. Uh, I've played second, I've ran 3.5, I've ran 4, I've ran 5. Uh, I would rank them 4 and 5 kind of jostle for first position in my books. Um, I'd rather play 5 than 4. I would... It, I would happily run either edition. Um... Uh, I think 4 has a lot going for it. It has a really bad reputation. That reputation is not earned. Hmm. Um, What's so, the reputation? Out of curiosity. Well, so 3.5 was... We have a rule for everything. Um, and it, it's this very static thing. And the 4th edition was just like, okay... Let's step away from that. Let's let's change 
almost everything. Um, and also, it feels... A lot of people say that it feels a lot like an MMO. Um, I would argue about how true that is. But even if it is true, it's not a bad thing. Uh, it is the one edition where... Fighters feel as powerful and complicated as wizards. And that's kind of a litmus test for me of if a, if a game is good is is the easiest class versus the hardest class. Um, you know, fighters in most editions... I walk up to it and I hit it. Wizards are like, ah, this in this context, this spell would work better. And around later, that that math has changed. Um, in fourth edition, fighters are like, okay, in this context, this ability that I have works the best. So I'm going to choose that. I'm not going to walk up and hit it because that's what I do. Um, 3.5 was very bad about that. Um, there were just tons and tons and tons of spells. And the fighters would hit things. And maybe once per battle do a feat. Um, and 5th edition is kind of in the middle of those two, complicated wise. Um... I would probably rank 5th edition higher than 4th because, as I said, I would prefer playing 5th to 4th and DMing, yeah, kind of 6 one way, half a dozen the other. So that sounds like 5th edition barely ekes out 4th edition. Then um, there's a decent-sized gulf, and then I would put 2nd edition. And then there's... I, I haven't really played 3rd edition. It was out for like a year or two and then 3.5 came out, so... Um, Do you know why that happened that way? Um, the ending years of 2nd edition is when Wizards bought out TSR. And TSR was the first company that... Uh, they're, you know, they're the company that Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson made. Yeah. Um, and third edition was Wizards' first crack at making D&D rules. And they pretty quickly figured out that they had a better system that they wanted to release than 3.0, 3 so they released 3.5. Uh, so 3.0 was kind of 3.5's beta. Uh, testing phase and so that most people are going to just consider those a single edition even though they're technically two different editions and 3.0 is slightly different but it's mostly compatible um what other rpg like tabletop rpg games are you have you experience with or familiar with I'm going to go real quick with 
ones that I've played or run because one of my big hobbies is reading RPG rule systems. Ooh. <laughs> yes. You are a wild guy. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've played and or run Ashen Stars, uh, Shadowrun, Call of Cthulhu, and Legendary Quest. Um... I have at least made characters and or planned to play, um, oh, I've also ran Traveler a little bit and Fantasy Age and, um, a Song of Ice and Fire role-playing game. I almost forgot about those. Huh. And, uh, Vampire the Masquerade and, um... Scions, which are two things made by White Wolf. Uh, I think Scions needs a little more love than it has. You played the Children of Gods. Mm. Um, but, oh, and Mutants and Masterminds. I keep thinking of ones that I, I've played or run a couple of times, and it's just like, oh, wait, I've also done this one and this one, but I've read things for... Um, one of the most off-the-wall ones is Starship Troopers has a a system yeah um there's a couple based on warhammer 40k um warhammer fantasy second edition uh, specifically that edition they recently came out with fourth edition that i'm kind of interested in um quinn the warring states or Chin the Warring States. Um, it's about ancient China. Uh, kind of a low fantasy ancient China um, martial arts game. Um, which I want to run that soon. Um, a whole bunch. Uh, Stars Without Numbers. Um, the Medi the Medifius, um Star Trek rules, um, their Fallout rules. Um, yeah, a lot of others. I uh, Pugmire. I actually have a, a copy of that right next to where you're sitting. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd love to run that sometime. Uh, where actually. I bet you could, we could get your son to sit down and play Pugmire with us. Oh, that'd be fun. Because it's essentially D&D, &D, except everyone is playing dogs. <laughs> like, anthropomorphic dogs. That's awesome. I think you'd dig that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he would like that. Um, there's a Pokemon role-playing game that has free rules that I've looked into. He'd probably dig that as well, but it's a little bit more complicated. Yeah. Um, so, lots. There's a lot, um, more than I than I realized. So I was I was joking a minute ago, but um, about your love of reading rules of RPG mm -hmm. games. But um, can you speak to that more? Like, what what about it is enjoyable for you? What do you like about it? Um, one of the big things is 
like let, let's go with D and D. D and D is the most popular uh, role playing system that I think that's a pretty incontroversial statement. Um, a, it's also the default. Um, like I love D and D. I would happily play just D and D for the rest of my life. Um, you, I have stories to tell that you can't tell in D and D. Um, I, I don't care, it, you know, how you, you, um, change the rules. I don't care if you, like, this is D&D in, you know, D20 Modern, for example. It's basically D&D 3.5 with the modern setting, and you, you can't tell every story that way. Um, there, there are things that, that D&D can't do that other systems can um just different different systems tell can help you tell different stories like if i wanted to if i wanted to play a a game in space um if i wanted it to feel like a a fun space opera that focuses on discovery I would probably go with Modifius's uh, Star Trek um, if I wanted to play in kind of a a more post-apocalyptic grittier I would choose stars without numbers uh, or stars without number uh, if I wanted a kind of a more generic one I would go with like Via Astrum or um, Traveler and so yeah the, the store or if I want like uh, I've announced this before um, I'm going to be doing a hopefully really big game starting in January that will that'll stream on my Twitch stream uh, twitch.tv slash waywornworm and it is going to be uh, kind of a mystery of the week sort of thing. And I'm using Ashen Stars. Um, because the story that I want to tell is best told in Ashen Stars. Um, if I wanted to play a, a low fantasy high political intrigue game I mean I could play d and I'm not going to I'm gonna uh, use Green Ronin's A Song of Ice and Fire um, if I wanted to play something in the Dragon Age universe I would use Green Ronin's Dragon Age rules um and then beyond that, there are different rule sets do... So not only can they let you tell different stories, but sometimes they do systems better. Um, like D&D does Vancey and Magic, uh, which use the spell slots and, and everything. There are other systems that don't. There are other systems that use magic points or uh, things like that. Um, 
I'm actually slowly creating a system where um, arcane spellcasters take non-lethal damage to cast spells. Um, Is there... Um, do you find a lot of a lot or a little bit of like common commonality in terms of the different systems like I guess as far as like mechanics or sometimes um, there there are some things that are they're pretty um, pretty standard uh, most systems use a uh, you have to roll this number or higher to succeed. Yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is if you if you have good experience in one system, okay. does that help you um, learn new systems <clears throat> faster? It can. Um, and, and the reason why I say I can, or why I say it can is, you know, on one hand, if you if you've looked at different systems um, if you get a system that's close to what you know you can just kind of skim or it's just like okay I see where they're coming with the, these different things but on the other hand um, if you've played say Shadowrun and White Wolf games you're going to have a little bit of a rude awakening when you go to play D&D for the first time. Because those other games, you're rolling a whole bunch of dice and looking for successes on your dice and counting the number of successes. And then D&D, you're like, okay, I've brought my 32 D6s. And you're just like, here's your D20. You're going to roll that, and you're going to see the number on it. So, I mean, d depending on the systems that you have, there can be things that you consider normal that another system's just like, no. Why Why do I have to do that? And that that's another thing that I like to do, that, that I like that comes up when I do a, a whole bunch of different systems, is they're looking at a whole bunch of different systems, you start questioning... Well, why is this common mechanic? Why is it done this way? Mm. And a lot of times the answer is because the first people who did it decided to do it that way. And it's like, okay. So that means there might be better. Yeah. So you, you have been... It sounds like you've been kind of in a way, a student of these different systems and using that knowledge to think about maybe a way that you would create a system. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I I started... I'm slowly designing a system because it's just like, well... It, it started off with with two questions that I wanted answered. Or, you know, two, two problems I had with a lot of common systems. Uh, one of the problems is... Um, so, like, D&D &D runs into this, where it's just like, okay, so copper pieces are the... Pe are, the um, are the coin of the people. 
silver are the is the coin of the merchants gold is the coin of the nobility cool we run into two problems with that number one if a hundred copper equals a gold that's not a lot of difference um and number two okay so gold is the coin of the of nobility excellent why does joe bob from the village of hamlet have 36 gold pieces under his um mattress he's a peasant and it's not just joe bob who has this like ridiculously high amount of money uh and i, I am specifically picking on hamlet um uh, because that that is an actual place that has this problem um it's from the very it's one of the earliest villages made for D D, and it's a, it lists out all of the possessions of all of the people and where they keep them which do you need to go into that granularity is a different discussion um mm. But I'm going to be... I'm picking on this because at that time specifically, it was like, okay, you know, we're, we're trying not to give lip service to copper is the coin of the people, but the people all have a bunch of gold. Because all of our prices are in gold. Despite that not being... So that's one of the things that I did. And one of the ways that I fixed that is it's not 10, 10 copper to one silver ten silver to a gold starting with a hundred copper to a silver a hundred silver to a gold and mm. uh, i might even change that to a thousand depending on how play testing goes when i get to that point mm. um because i really want it to feel like if you are a peasant you're going to be dealing in copper if you get a silver that's amazing Okay, so it makes it sounds like it, it makes more sense to you to have, have I guess in terms of the the class maybe of the character mm -hmm, the social those, class have those those demarcations more clear. If we're going to if we're going to say those demarcations exist, let's make them actually exist. Um, and the other thing is, I've always wanted a system where it's just like. What if I don't want to be an adventurer? What if I want to be a farmer? Or like a village blacksmith? So my system has rules to... Uh, you know, there, there, there's a couple of systems. Uh, one is chivalry and sorcery. Another one is harn. Um, that have rules for things like farming. And I'm basing my rules off of them. Um, just updated because Harn is from the 80s and Chivalry and Sorcery is from the 70s. Um, and what I'm going to be doing is it's a lot of systems that is just like, hey, if your characters want to be something that um, that requires this system, here it is. 
if that if this is going to kind of be ba uh, background stuff, here's a simplified version of that system. Hmm. So like, in in my system, if if you want to be farmers, then the the weather is going to be a big thing, uh, both day to day and month to month and season to season. Um, so I'm going to have some pretty in-depth charts for how you would create that as a DM. But if you want to be adventurers, does it really matter? Not as much. So I'm also going to have simplified a simplified version just to be like, hey, here's how you can easily find out, you know, is it raining today? Because it doesn't matter how much it rains today, just is it, how hard is it raining? That that's all you would need if you're adventurers mm -hmm. but if you're farmers how much it rains might matter so i'm gonna have systems for that um and yeah that, that was just the second thing it's like well sometimes i want to play a farmer or a craftsman sometimes i want to play an adventurer and other times i want to play you know noble versus noble And, you know, just, like, political machination games. And there's not a system that really does all of those well. Yeah. So, why don't I make one? Yeah. Wow. Um, I think that's fascinating. We're getting close to the end of our time. Yes. But I want to see... If I can do a quick summary, at least of this more in-depth conversation we had. Mm-hmm. So, um, it sounds like there's kind of maybe two bigger things about why you enjoy knowing the rules and the way different systems for tabletop RPGs work. One is that um, it gives you um, some flexibility in terms of the setting or the maybe the world or the atmosphere or talking about maybe space versus maybe like a forgotten realm setting versus a more current um, something similar to what we're in today mm -hmm. it gives you ideas and guidance about how you could run that and then knowing those different systems also gives you ideas and ways of thinking about how you want to design your own system and then um, going from there making it more in depth or more simple depending on what you want it to do yeah because uh, you know it's great to have rule systems for for a lot of different things especially if you've got a game like I'm planning on where you can do a lot but I also wanted a concession to you're not going to need all of these systems in every game. So, you know, like, go, going back to that, that example that I used, you know, if you're a group of adventurers and the DM is like, I want to know what the weather is, and I only have an in-depth chart that's like, okay, so today it's going to be raining pretty hard and it's going to rain seven inches. And the DM's going to go, you know, may, maybe the DM has had to roll, like, four dice to get that final result. 
And it's not going to need anything but, oh, it's raining pretty hard. Okay. Yeah. Um, so why force them to have that? Because if, if they have to roll four dice to get, it's raining pretty hard. And a whole bunch of information that they're not going to need. They're not going to use that system. Um, so yeah, it's just, I, I think you summarized it fairly well. I mean, I could sit here and nitpick your, your summary and go, well, I didn't quite mean blah, 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 but that's pedantic. Um, not very helpful. Um, maybe we can revisit this again sometime and drill more in depth because I've got more to say about it and it sounds like you've got more that you want to hear about it so totally um, but anyway uh, I think this was pretty helpful and this is the last I think this is the last of the the episodes where we lost them um, you know, several weeks ago we're like hey we you know this is take two for our second session Yes, so... But we've been checking audio. It has been recording the correct audio. Yay! That's good. Um, we'll be back next week with Thanksgiving. Can't wait. I don't know what we're going to do for that. Yeah. We're going to eat pie. We're probably going to eat pie. And probably other stuff. Maybe. We only have a very small table, so... As much as we can pile on that table. <laughs> uh, well, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you do the YouTube things. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Uh, I, I would say give us recommendations for the Thanksgiving episode, but we're not going to see that. Because by the, time, by the time this episode goes up, we'll be a couple of months ahead. Hopefully, assuming no more technical issues. Yes. Um, if you're listen, uh, and if you're on, if you're on YouTube and want to see us in podcast form, there are links in the description. If you are in podcast, we're not going to tell you where you can find us in podcast because you've already done it. Uh, but if you do want to watch video of this, you can definitely go over to YouTube. You can comment on YouTube, um, whether you're watching it there or just listening. Um, that's one of the great ways to reach us. Another way is Twitter. Um, two more white dudes with beards. We have a Patreon. Um, if you think you're, if you think we're worth throwing some disposable income at, great. Um, we definitely don't want you to use non-disposable income. Um, I don't think either of us think that this project is worth you going without something you need. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... There's not too many things that would qualify for that, I don't think. But <laughs> if you've got a couple bucks that you want to share... That's great. Do it. Uh, we've got a bunch of different tiers. We've got a patron-only Discord that... Uh, is looking pretty lonely. We'd like to get some people in there. Uh, hopefully by the time you're hearing this, it's not looking lonely. Yes. Join uh, in. Bring some friends. 
We've got That's a so bunch fun. of different plans for how how to do this uh, you know, going forward. Uh, our first several tiers on Patreon are getting other people to professionally edit this um, because I'm not the best editor out there. Um, I'd like I'd love to get a fancy editor who can do things that I just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a a tip jar through our podcast hosting service. Um, I'm not quite sure yet how how you uh, access that. Um, I, I'm sure that that you can find a way. Um, Worst comes to worst, it's Pinecasts that we use. Uh, searches on Pinecasts, and I'm sure that will get you to the tip jar. Um, probably going to start a, a Kofi or a coffee or, or whatever it is. Um, a Kofefe. <laughs> not a Kofefe. Um, but that will be in case you want to do like one-time donations. Um, one of the things that the one-time donations are going to go for is uh, getting some sort of uh, lav mic or similar uh, because right now we just have one uh, microphone sitting between the two of us uh, I'd love to get something that attaches to our shirts just up our sound quality yes um, we don't want it to be too weird that also makes for uh, harder editing definitely um also like to get uh better lights um props i mean there's there's so many there's so many yeah, things yeah there's so many things that that we could use that would make this better um and in the short term that's that's what we're really looking for is to to make this better and then in the longer term maybe make this something that can sustain us uh, because, you know, if uh, one or both of us can not have to do a day job, then we can do more. Yeah, I mean, and we don't, we're only going to get better with time, so... And we're only going to get better with time. The more we do this, the more, the more we shoot, the, the smoother it becomes. So thanks for checking it out. Appreciate yes, the support. Definitely. Uh we we'll check you next time. Yeah, and uh we'll have a fun Thanksgiving. <laughs>